0: That's l-t-m-b-i-y at yahoo.com I also have a Facebook page and you can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Just search for that Also you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You Thank you for joining me again on Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo, of course, and tonight we're going to be continuing in the series, I guess you would call it, but it's not really a series, but just reading through all the epistles of the Apostle John, and we, right now we're going to be getting into 3rd John, and the title, if you would say that, is right out of verse number 9, and it's called Preeminence, as we'll speak about Diotrephes and also Demetrius. And um, thank you for joining me. Please like, share, and subscribe, and all that. Now join me as we're already in progress on "Let This Mind Be in You." And hello, and welcome back to "Let This Mind Be in You." As we continue again in the um, in the series, I guess you would call it, of First, uh, Second, and Third John, the letters from the Apostle John. And uh, we're going to continue this week. Uh, Last week we were in 2nd John, and of course this week we're in 3rd John. It should be fairly quick. Um, This should be a fairly quick video, so I I pray that you watch the entirety of it. Um, It's not that long of a letter, but uh, there's a few things I want to cover in it, so uh, we're going to do that tonight. And I really appreciate the fact that you've watched any of these videos. Uh, So I've really... um, it's, It's amazing to me that anybody finds the videos... Uh, those that are that watch all the time and leave encouraging comments and everything like that—it's it's a big help to me, and so um, I I, I appreciate that. Uh, I praise the Lord for you that are out there, and I and I pray that this uh, that by just preaching the word that is helpful to the body of Christ, and that um, the reminder to let this mind be in you, of course, to the, the saved and for those that have not um, been saved, um, that the, the conviction of the of the word of God. Uh, for their need, their need of a Savior. Um, they are, if you're watching this and you are without Christ, you've never come to that moment of, of surrender, is the best way I can kind of um, talk about. Is uh, coming to the end of your own self righteousness, uh, with a repentant heart, godly sorrow, and knowing that you cannot do anything to save yourself, but there was one who has the preeminence that took care of that that problem for you that sin problem. He nailed it to his cross. We're going to look at that tonight. And he also raised victorious over death and hell. We're going to look at that as well. And I cannot wait to get into that. So uh, with that being said, just as a quick reminder, please, please, please quit. Uh, just keep sharing um, these these videos and these podcasts. Uh, of course, the audio podcasts are found on Let this, Heart, uh, Let this Mind Be In You Ministries podcast was found on iHeartRadio podcast, Apple podcast, Apple um, podcast. Let's see uh, everything that you can think of. Uh, Podbean, uh, what's some of the other ones that I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank? Spotify, uh, just about every major platform that I can think of. Also, uh, anchor.fm. You look up uh, Let This Mind Being You Ministries podcast. It's, I'm also on there, it's like a, a hosting site, but you can listen to it on there. Um, on the uh, online and also podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And I really appreciate that. And they're just easier to listen to the audio versions. Uh, My wife tells me that's the way she uh, prefers to listen to the teaching um, because she gets to, uh, you know, drive and do errands and so forth and so on with the kids in a car. And she can listen to me, Um, which, by the way, my love, I love you. I miss you uh, very much. And um, I'm praying for you. And I know you're praying for me. And uh, I I love and miss you very much. Um, the days are, are quickly coming to, um, I'm just pray that they just keep, uh, just keep, um knocking off one right after the other. And, uh, before we know it, we'll see each other again. Um, I'm looking forward to that, but anyways, um... Uh, you know, if you're watching this on Facebook, of course, thank you very much. Make sure you uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet and also share, if you have subscribed, share this video in the actual page with everybody, you know, as well as the YouTube page, I would really like to get the, um, uh, you know, the the views up. Uh, I would love more people to be able to hear the plain scriptures and the word of God. And I, I that's what I desire. As I've mentioned here before, I'm not monetized, so that's very difficult to do when you're not monetized. It's just going to be word of mouth, essentially. So I I appreciate those that do share the videos. Um, I'm I'm very thankful for that and also telling all their friends and family. And uh, so with that being said, let's get into third, John. Uh, Like I said, it should be very quick. Um, Don't want to belabor any kind of points, but as we've noticed all the way through here, the, the... there's a lot of things going on in um, in our study of first and second. Now into third John, there's a lot of things going on in these early times, um, first century. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with both with uh, false teaching and also people being puffed up to the point where they think that they're more important than what they were, and um, and that is nothing new. Um, that's still going on today, but. Well, let's look at who actually has the preeminence. And that's, a, that's the title for this. Obviously, it's found in, um, uh, you know, verse number nine, as we'll look at here in a minute, the word preeminence. Uh, of course, we know who has the preeminence, but we want to just really study that really quickly and uh, make sure that that settles into our heart. Um, when we're you know, gathering together as a local body of believers, um, whatever you, however that is and you know wherever that is in your neck of the woods wherever you're at around the world uh, to remember who actually has the preeminence so first number one of third john let's get into this it says here the elder unto the well-beloved gaius whom i love in the truth now i really love uh that phrase love in the truth and it, because in this, you know, obviously it's not capitalized, but just like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Again, having the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, always remembering that. Always remembering that, that, and then when I say I love you, it's not in my own power, because in my own power, I can fluctuate. You know, my in my flesh gets weak, and I can say hurtful things to you, which I pray I never do to any of you out there that uh, try to make contact with me. Um, I try to answer everybody's emails that do, do email me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And I hope to never say anything of my own self that ends up hurting you. If I just give you truth from the word of God and, you know, that stings you, uh, that's not on me. I I can't do anything about that. However, in my own flesh, though, I can, I can give... Uh, you know, off uh, an an error or or a a kind of a spirit of my own spirit, and it can come across wrong. So I pray that I never do that. But you see here, he says, whom I love in the truth. So it's true love because it's based upon the truth, Jesus Christ. And I I love the way that that's phrased there, well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. And then it says, beloved, still referring back to Gaius, and it'll, it'll say this word a couple more times so we know it's referring back to Gaius. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, you notice he's praying here for physical health, but as well as spiritual. So he said, as, as you prosper, even as thy soul prospereth, meaning that, you know, it, he's remembering who he is okay, he's remembering who he is in in Christ, you know, he's a new creature, he's an ambassador, he's remembering these things, he's having the mind of Christ, he's dying to self, all, all these different things. When he says that, though, but at the same time, he is saying, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Now, prosper there isn't necessarily talking about monetarily, but I think it's okay to pray for each other for us to prosper and be in good health as long as our needs are taken care of I believe that's prospering and the Lord will take care of us and we're not asking from things you know that I can be prosperous I can have this huge mansion and so forth and so on however is praying I think in this instance on the physical side of things wrapped into the spiritual what I mean by that is, is that if you're surrendering your will Whatsoever state you find yourself in, you'll be content and you will feel like you are prospering. We're saved and we're sealed until the day of redemption. We, we, we already know that. We just need to remind ourselves of that. And so as he's saying here, above all things, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, a lot of times the physical health can, can wear us down mentally. And all those things are wrapped into one. You know, the the Lord did not create us uh, to be mind numb robots where we can go around and, you know, we have feelings, we have emotions, we have bad days, we have good days, we have ups and downs and everything like that. But I think as the more we die to self, and this is what John's kind of saying to guys here, the more we die to self, the more we'll understand that we are in prospering and we'll be in good health. Now, People get sick. Uh, I think of my mom often, um, and when I was reading through here, I did think of my mom, and specifically with this verse, because she she doesn't feel well a lot of the time. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis. She's got a lot of different health issues, as I've mentioned here before. And you know, it does it does wear on her, and 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 it wears on me just thinking about it, um, because I would pr- I would I just pray that she would be prosperous and in good health. But at the end of the day, beyond all that, even that, even as thy soul prospers, I'm thankful for her salvation. And so that one day, these, you know, the, the physical will no longer affect her anymore. And I'm thankful for that. So, you know, the most important thing is obviously in verse number three, when it talks about, for I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, speaking of Gaius, of course, even as thou walkest in the truth, the spiritual walk was healthy. And I think that that's the most important thing is the spiritual, the spiritual health. Are you walking as you're talking? Um, Now, at the end of the day, though, it it does make it, I guess what I'm trying to say is it does make, um, it does wear on you if you're going through physical pain. And I pray for those that are going through that out, out there. It does affect us. And, with that being said, pray the Lord that, you know, that I pray that you would prosper and be in good health and so forth and so on. But I think the more that you get your mind off of yourself, now I know people going through pain. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but the more you remember and remember who you are and that how this all will end one day and that you will be in a glorified body. I think that's, that's something that could help us in our mental state. If we dwell in our physical state, uh, this has got me down. This has got me down. It'll start to affect other things. That's all I'm saying. So John is telling Gaius that I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you, but I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So I think it's a reminder to Gaius, like, look, even as your soul prospereth, you're saved. Your soul is prospered. You're sealed unto the day of redemption. You're seated together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just remember that, and um, I think that'll that'll boost us up, for lack of a better term. And also, I, I just thought this was kind of interesting. In 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 a comparison here, you know, this is not. The, I don't believe this is the same. Probably not the same. Gaius that uh, that uh, Paul talks about in Romans six twenty three, but I do want to show the comparison. Uh, Paul was also concerned about physical well-being of people. Look at Philippians chapter 2. And just turn back a few pages here to Philippians chapter 2. In verse number 25. I think it's all right to pray for each other in our physical for our physical health. There's plenty of uh, examples in, in the scriptures uh, with that in mind. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think at the end of the day, again... Remember who you are, and I think that'll help. And just remember that your soul prospers. It's, it's, you're rich, uh, for lack of a better term. You are prospering if you remember who you are. And that will get that mind back going, going, oh, you know what, Lord? Whatever I'm going through right now, and I am in pain, and I am physically unable to do the things I want to do, so forth and so on. Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. There's a there's a purpose. You have the preeminence in my life. I'm surrendering my will to yours. If, you know, if if it be your will, take this pain and this and this uh, physical problem, whatever it may be, away from me. But Lord, even if you don't, I can still I still know that I'm prospering because of what you did for me. But look how Paul also is worried about the physical here. Uh, and I want not say worried, but he was still praying. So Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 25, it says, Yet I suppose it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he had heard that he had been sick. Hmm. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Wow, what a close friend, Uh, and fellow brother in, in the Lord, and fellow soldier, Paul calls him. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. And uh, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me. Now, you know, I don't want to get into a lot more of this stuff. We, we covered it briefly, I believe, when we were going through Philippians. But I, I think it's very interesting that this Epaphroditus there was working so much. And was such a servant, and had such a servant heart that his physical well being was suffering because of it. So Paul was praying, and you know, and he said, "Lord was merciful," you know, or else sorrow upon sorrow. Paul was like, you know, he had a lot of sorrow in his life, and um, and the Lord saw fit to uh, heal whatever this. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us what it is. However, he still was I. I guarantee you is praying for him and that, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, prayer is a surrendering of our will to his. And as the Lord gave us example in the garden when he prayed. Uh, Moving on though, as I already mentioned, going back to third John in verse number three and four, we see here the most important thing, of course, again, having the mind of Christ, dying to self, conforming yourself on uh, by the power of the Spirit, every single day, dying to self, letting this mind be in you. And as it says here in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Boy, that's, that's the same with me. I, I can't wait to, you know, as my children get older, so that I can have that same joy, Lord willing. But beloved, verse number 5, thou... Doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Now look at the example that Gaius was setting. Now again, this um, beloved here is still referring back to Gaius. This entire letter is to Gaius. So every time it says beloved, it's a, it's a, it's a term of endearment that John is writing to his friend Gaius here. And he says here, beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Now, if Gaius was a Jew uh, and the term strangers came up here, strangers could be in a, in the term of a Gentile. I think these next couple of verses here, and this is, this. I may be completely off on this, but is, the more I studied this, the more I just kind of got a little bit of thinking, well, this may have some double meaning. Remember the majority of things that were going on in the first century church and even today is this desire to bring people back into subjection of the law. Now, back then, you know, he had the Jewish nation, the Jewish religious people that would get saved, but then they would try to draw people back into under the law. You had to do this. You had to worship on this day. You had to do this, 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 and this. You couldn't eat that. You couldn't eat that. You certainly couldn't do that. You can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And it was all these different things that Paul addressed them time and time again. However, I don't think Gaius... um, was a Jew, I think he was a Gentile. I could be wrong. He could have just had a Gentile name of Gaius. Um, it was a common from everything that I was able to uh, glean in the brief amount of time I, I used to kind of study through the name Gaius real quick. It seemed to be a common name among the Romans. Um, doesn't mean, necessarily mean he wasn't a Jew, but I'm just I'm just giving you some background here. And so I think this brethren and to strangers has somewhat of a dual meaning. Um, of course, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write this letter and is now within the word of God here. There's, there's a purpose for that, and I believe that. And when it says, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, I think this has a dual meaning. One, I think Gaius understood that it was grace, and there was no bringing people back under the law. So if he was a Jew, he was doing well in that, okay, thou doest faithfully. He was doing the right things because what already do is to the brethren, meaning other Jews. He also did to strangers, Gentiles. That could be the case. However, there's also another way this could be a case. If he was a Gentile, the strangers here could be those that are without, without the body of Christ, we are to have a testimony, especially if you look up, you know, in Timothy and also in Titus. If we are to be in a, considered for a position or a, um, uh, an office within the local body of believers of a bishop, we are to be spoken well of. You know, not a brawler, not a so forth and so forth and so on. You know, all those things that are in Timothy and Titus. I, I, this, that's not what this is about. But however, he had that reputation. I pray every single day that I have that type of reputation. Is that even if people think that I'm a weirdo, and they don't you know, like me because I'm always you know, talking about the Bible and so forth and so on, they don't have any ill to speak about me because I treat Christians one way and I treat not save people another way if you're catching what i'm saying here so i think john is talking about this as well there's sort of a dual meaning to all this potentially okay and i hope that makes sense we are to give people the truth and love don't get me wrong but we're not to be uh i I, I can't think of the word right now just be spirit-led when you deal with people those who are both within the body of believers, who you have a fairly good idea that they are, you can't ever know for sure, somebody else. But how you treat them, those that are your brethren, you should also be treating strangers the same way. There's also, you know, the talking about entertaining strangers, unawares and stuff like that. It has a lot of different meanings in that. And I didn't want to go too deep into this one verse, okay? I just wanted to bring up the point that something was laid on my heart when I was reading that verse because John is talking to his friend here. I'm talking to myself in this monitor here and to you is that we do faithfully. We follow faithfully. We are having the mind of Christ. If we whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Look at the next verse here, and this is what I'm talking about. He wasn't taking the joy of Gentiles, or if that's what this was. He wasn't trying to do, treat one people one way and others. um, Hey, you're a different color than I am. Therefore, I'm going to treat you one way. and I'm going to treat these other people of my same ethnicity, quote unquote, another way. No, let that not be said of us, Christian. Verse number six, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. Now, this is why I said... It could be those that are within that body of believers there that were both Jew and Gentiles. And this is the way Gaius would treat the Gentiles, possibly of his own um, nationality as far as Jews or one nationality, Gentiles, the other, as the Bible talks about. But in Christ Jesus, he understood that we are one in Christ. And I think that's what he's talking about. And so, born witness of thy charity before the church, whom, if thou... Bring forward on their journey after a godly sword, thou shalt do well. And this is the verse number seven, which kind of gets me thinking maybe he is a Jew. So again, I told you, I went back and forth on this. I don't know. It may be have dual meanings. And I hope that's making sense and I'm not rambling too much here. But verse number seven, because that for his namesake, whose name, obviously, Jesus namesake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. Meaning, you know, Paul addresses all the time. Taking nothing of the Gentiles could have been taking their joy. You know, talking about, hey, you know, yeah, 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 it's by grace. By grace through faith. Yeah, absolutely. As Brother Paul said, sure. However, you need to do this and that and this and that, you know, in bringing them back under subjection to the law, as we talked about in Galatians. That's taking. Or it could mean those that are without meaning that in the majority of the people that were without or were Gentiles, obviously living wherever this letter was written to. He had that reputation is what I'm saying. So whether it was within the body of believers or without, he had a testimony that he treated everybody the same way. There was no preferential treatment, meaning he didn't spit on people that are without and then everybody else that he was loving on. Or vice versa we are to be having the mind of Christ give people the truth Christ Jesus Christ was the truth right he is the truth and he spoke the truth and there was some very rough ways he went about that okay i'm i'm not this i'm not blind to that by just by reading the plain scripture paul was the same way however I think there's if we have the mind of Christ and we're surrendered to the Spirit, I think that the Spirit will speak forth and give the proper tone, so to speak. But if we, in our own self, try to handle all these situations, boy, going to be a lot of problems. That's why I say, and to myself especially, have the mind of Christ. Surrender your will to His. That's why the prayer is daily, die to self. Die to self. I want to be conformed more to you. How how would you handle this? Lord, you're in me. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let me have your mind on this. Remove me. And that's all it's kind of, I, I think that's what that's saying. A lot of dual meanings in this, and that's why I wanted to kind of touch on that real quick, okay? And then look at verse number eight. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. If you are within a local area and you can find these types of individuals, they're out there, okay? It may be few and far between. I'm not I'm not Pollyannish on this. I'm not saying that there's, you know, multitudes and multitudes of born-again believers that are having the mind of Christ out there that are, you know, the charity and their testimonies out there. The world is waxing worse, worse and worse. However we still to seek out those types of individuals and it says here we ought to, therefore to receive such that we ought that we might be fellow helpers to the truth we ought to receive those type of people in in truth okay that we might be fellow helpers to the truth if somebody believes okay and and they're and they're maybe young in the lord maybe they just newly saved maybe not they don't have an idea about the bible issue they may not think about the King James Bible and so forth. They, they have no clue about that. Remember, they're babes in Christ. The sincere milk of the word is what they need. They're born again. You know, they, they, they come to the end of themselves. They, you know, repentance unto salvation, the so forth and so on. Once that happens, they're still babes in Christ. They're just learning, have grace and patience and give them truth in love. Now and those that you can find that have a good grasp receive such. I'm thinking of a, a gentleman right now. Um, and I pray that he's having the mind of Christ in all of this, and I pray that he is sincere because I can't I, I have never met the man personally. However, there's a there's a, a gentleman and uh several other gentlemen that have come alongside my dad recently and have joined together. So they could be fellow helpers in the truth. And if you're watching this and you're into this video, I think you know who I'm talking about. Um, I, I I pray that that's, what is, that that's what your intentions are because you are a major help to my dad. You are a major help, a fellow helper to the truth. And I just wanted to say publicly, you know, I'm not going to mention names on here. I think you know who I'm talking about, but I appreciate you. I love you in the Lord. I'm and never even met you physically, and um, I'm thankful for you. So, Dad, I, I know if you're watching this, and I, I'm sure you do. Um, I'm sure it's a big help to you, as you are a help to them. So you can be fellow helpers in the truth. That's what the local body is all about. We're about ready to find out that this is talking about a local body of believers. This isn't talking about the church of the living God, as we'll see here in a moment. This is local. Look at verse number nine, and we're going to start this little bit of a conversation, and we'll wrap it up pretty quick. I wrote unto the church by diatrophies, you know, the famous diatrophies. Everybody preaches about diatrophies. Don't be a diatrophies. Who loveth to have the preeminence among them receiveth us not, meaning won't take the authority of the apostle. Now, apostles had different authority than uh, a bishop, okay? I don't have time to go into all that stuff, but they had way more um, things that were given to them authority-wise to do. That bishops, I'm sorry, if you think you have uh, the authority of an apostle, you need to study your Bible, okay? Beyond that, As you start to think that you have that type of authority, you'll start not receiving, okay, and not wanting to have fellow laborers and so forth and so on, and you will quickly be a diatrophies. Who loveth to have the preeminence among them receiveth us not. The attitude just is thick that comes out of this. I have the preeminence. Well... This is why I think that this is talking about the the church here, the the local body of believers here. Why? We're going to see in verse 10, but first, preeminence. Now, this verse, or this word, preeminence, is found three times in the Bible. So very quickly, we're going to turn to each one. Now, first and foremost, the first thing it's found is in Ecclesiastes, but we're not going to start there. We're going to go, obviously it's found here, but we're going to go, you can uh, turn over to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, in, uh, starting in verse 14, but I'm going to give you the the uh, 1828 Webster's Dictionary um, definition of preeminence. It's superiority in excellence, distinction in something commendable, as preeminence in honor, virtue, so forth and so on. The preem, um, It's also the, the meaning of it is precedence, priority of place, superiority in rank or dignity. Um, something I know a little bit about you know, being in the military. And by the way, if you have any desire, I'm just going to tell you this, and I'm going to be as honest in the truth as I possibly can. Okay? I want to be upfront and honest with you. If you are thinking about possibly joining uh, the military, this is the only thing I'm going to say on this matter. You need to be really, really grounded in truth. And you need to view it as a mission field that you're going to. Let's put it that way. And you're going to put yourself under the authority of some somebody else, okay? So you need to be very, very grounded in truth. I, You know, you're like, well, Brother Mike, you've been in the military for 20 years. I don't recommend it. And that's hard for me to say. I mean, this is all I've really known in my adult life. However, I wouldn't recommend it, and that's me. This is just me in my, in my flesh telling you. Um, I'm not going to go any more about that, but it's just something that I've been thinking about. I would not recommend it, especially if you're not rooted and grounded in truth. And most 18-year-olds that join are not, especially if they have not come up with that, trying to have the mind of Christ. And they got some sort of shallow faith, you know, maybe born again, saved, but... Let me be a warning, a, a, an example, a warning of those that were not rooted and grounded in truth. Go back and listen to my previous testimony and talking about all that stuff. Anyways, let's move on. I don't even know where that came from. I just felt led to say that. I'm sorry. So let's get back to the Word of God. Preeminence, when I saw rank, that's something that I thought about. But look at first, uh, what you I try to turn here? Oh, yes, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. I really don't know where that even came from. It's just kind of, I just wanted to say it. I don't know. Anyways, but Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 14, starting in verse number 14, it says here, in whom we have redemption, speaking of Jesus Christ, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now, we're not going to discuss that. We've discussed that quite quite a bit. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. I don't care what people say. He has the preeminence. The Bible says, he, we're ready to show here in, in the church, but in all things. He created all things. They're for him. It said created by him and for him, as the word of God says here. Man is not going to do anything outside of the will of God as far as it goes in this world. It's on his timeline. Uh, I don't care how powerful somebody thinks they are or what organization thinks they have all sorts of authority and power and everything like that. If God will not allow it, it's not going to happen. Okay? I I don't, that should not even be a controversial statement. He has the preeminence in all things because all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist we're not going to speed up the timeline of Christ's return and we're not going to slow it down either i don't know i don't know why uh, sometimes us as believers get this kind of a, an idea in our head that you know Christ is coming back sooner than you know he would have or he's coming back later than he would have Brethren, he's coming back when he has deemed the time. There's not a single thing that we can do for or against anything that's happening in this world that will change that one bit. And I'm willing to have my mind changed biblically on that. However, everything that I've read in the Bible, especially right here, uh, seems pretty apparent to me. Now, and he... And he, there's the next thought, is the head of the body, the church. Okay, this is the head of the entire, you know, the macro sense of the word. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For please the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. And as we keep reading down to verse 21, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated, hmm, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. I just wanted to bring that up too. Who has the preeminence? Jesus Christ. We have dominion over animals. However, we don't even have preeminence in the realm of life and death over the animals. We don't have preeminence even over the animals. We have dominion. God said in his word, we have dominion. We are to keep things and all this kind of stuff. But look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I found this very interesting. Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and verse number 19 very famous passage of scripture here but I just something I just wanted to notice here with the word preeminent Uh, verse number 19 in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 I hope you're there for that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beast what is that that befalleth us all we all die um I love my puppy dogs however just recently one of them almost died um (laughs) <laughs> we all die. People freaked out about viruses and, and these things that are going on in the world. We all die. Animals die. We don't have even preeminence. Now look, this is what I'm saying. Let's look at the verse. It says, it says For that which befalleth the sons of men, humans, us, befalleth beasts, even one thing befalleth them as the one dieth. There's the one commonality. We all die. So dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All is temporary. All is vanity. We all die. The fact that we think that we have preeminence over anything in this creation is ridiculous. Who has a preeminence in all things? Jesus Christ does. All the fullness. Now, brethren, I'm giving you scripture here, and if people want to try to argue it, that's, that's, that's fine. In love, I'm going to tell you the truth, that we don't have preeminence. We cannot sway this world one way or the other. We are to have the mind of Christ, be conformed to the image of his dear son, okay? We're supposed to be conformed to the image of him, die daily, have the mind of Christ, be an ambassador. That's what we're doing. We're not stuck in this world. I just read Hebrews chapter 11 um, at, uh, for a local Bible study that I do online here on Sundays um, for back home in Slidell, Louisiana. And when I was talking through that, look at Hebrews 11. When you look at Hebrews 11, we're not to be seeking this country or, <laughs> or any other country for that matter because we seek a heavenly country. Get our minds off the temporal. It's all vanity. Now, we have dominion over this world, over the animals, over this earth. and we. This has been told. This is right there in Genesis, in the book of Genesis. But we do not have the preeminence. Christian, if you think you have the preeminence or that anybody in this world has the preeminence, you're turning into the Diotrephes mind. We are to have our mind on the eternal, not the temporal. So I hope that's a help to you. It helped me. And the reason why I've been stuck on this little point for just a few minutes here is because it helped me greatly. Because I get my mind on the temporal and I start thinking about this too much and that too much and I wonder about this and I wonder about that. At the end of the day... I don't have the preeminence. I'm trying to be in control. I'm trying to have my own mind in things. Have the mind of Christ, brethren. I love you. It'll help you. As John told Gaius, he's giving them an example of diatrophies here, but he's warning them. And the reason why that is because he gives them an example of the opposite, and we're going to look at that right now. We see here, though, in comparison, in Ecclesiastes, as I just got done mentioning, all die, but only one defeated death permanently. And of course, if you turn over back to Colossians two and verses eighteen or verse eight through fifteen, you'll see that he uh, made a show of them openly. Death, Jesus Christ triumphed over the death, over death and hell. In fact, let's just read it real quick. Colossians, it's just a few pages back. Colossians chapter two, verses eight through fifteen. It's so good we need to read it again. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, excuse me, of the world, and not after Christ. See, get your mind off the temporal and on the eternal. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, what does that sound like? That's preeminence. That's the textbook biblical definition of preeminence. So stop thinking diatrophes, Michael. <laughs> I can just place my name in the word in the phrase of uh, diatrophes right there. But anyways, principality and power in whom all also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This is speaking obviously of spiritual circumcision. He has cut away that 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 spiritual death. You are born again. He has circumcised you, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Let that be a hope to you. Think about that for a moment. Read that verse again. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers. See, the world's power, the utmost superpower of that day, the Roman Empire, killed him. Because the Jews gave him up, rejected their Messiah, so forth and so on. But the... What I'm talking about in, in, is the powerful Roman Empire killed him. But look what it says. Spoiled principalities and powers. It wasn't just the Roman Empire. It was Satan himself. It was death itself. It was sin itself. It was the grave itself. Look what it says. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let that be a help to you. It'll prevent you from getting that diatrophy spirit. A lot of people like to harp on the the uh, the bishop, you know the 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 office of bishop and the pastor, you know the the one that is pastoring. It's not a title. Pastoring. When we get the same diatrophy spirit, just be careful. Now, look what it says here, and this is why I know this is speaking of the local, okay, not the macro. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Hmm. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, so anybody that's receiving people that they're supposed to receive, uh, back there in uh, verse number 8, forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Now, I wrote down a little statement here. When it says casteth them out of the church, if church here meant church of the living God, as it talks about in uh, 1 Timothy 3.15, the church of the living God, the macro sense, the body of Christ, then how can a man, Diotrephes, who has no preeminence, he has no authority whatsoever, cast anyone out of it? Just read it again. If it's speaking about casting out of some sort of universal church, how is he casting you out of a church? How is any man to cast you out of, a, out of the church? If it's speaking here about the church of the living God, what I'm trying to say is it is speaking about a local assembly of believers here. Okay? You can't make this about the church of the living God. Remember, when it talks about church, they called out assembly, okay, the church, there's one local as far as the micro sense of the macro, the overall large Church of the Living God. The same Church of the Living God in Spain that's there with you wherever you're at, if you're saved. Okay? That's not what this is speaking about. It is talking about a local assembly. And again, I'll have this conversation with anybody, but if you can prove to me, if you really want to say that that's about the Church of the Living God, then you believe that men can throw you out of the church of the living God. You don't have the authority, my friend, to do that. No one does. I'm sealed by the spirit uh, who has the preeminence. (laughs) So anyways, beloved. Now, here is the opposite. Here is John telling his beloved friend Gaius, look out for these type of people. Follow these type of people. Here it is right here. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Now, again, we can go, go into this thinking that it is talking about, you know, lost people save people. But I think it's, you know, as we've talked about in 1 John, are you in the faith? If you're seeing somebody that's following themselves and their own philosophies and their own traditions... You need to pull away from them and not follow them. However, them that are doing good, he that doeth good is of God. If he's following the scriptures, he's following the word of God. He's about the word, only about the word of God. Doesn't want any preeminence. Doesn't He, can't, he knows full well that he has no even right to even say the words preeminence because he doesn't have any. Then you should follow them. Look, verse number 12, Demetrius hath a good report. Of all men. Well, all's pretty uh, broad, don't you think? Yes. But remember what I just got done talking about in the first part of the chapter, in this first part of this letter. All men means all. I, I didn't write it. Okay. A good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yes. He has a good report even with the truth itself, meaning he's following the word of God and the truth, Jesus Christ, he even has a good report with him. Cuz by the way, those that have you know watch and care for your soul, those that are confirmed by the men and the, of that local body of believers to be the office of the bishop, they answer for that a local assembly. There is authority there that has been granted them. And when I say that word, people think that oh the oh man, authority Notice I said there's authority, delegated authority, and it will answer for that. Now, that's one thing I do understand in the military, okay? That's one thing I'm very, very aware of on a day-to-day basis. I'm not the commanding general. I'm not the commanding admiral, okay? But I have authority in delegated authority down to me to where I have to answer for how my sailors and my troops perform, Not that I somehow have the preeminence. I don't. Same thing here. So who are we to follow? Mm -hmm. Those that follow Christ. Follow this. Know who full well has the preeminence, who is in control, who has preeminence and dominance and all that kind of different words has the true rank of authority. Jesus Christ. If it was about that, Follow them. Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record. And ye know that our record is true. That's who you're supposed to follow. So, fellow helpers and everything like that, follow those type of people that have the mind of Christ and are seeking the that, okay? Not to build things of themselves and... I don't want to even get into the examples because there are too numerous to mention in this world. Be careful though, because very quickly, we can have that same diatrophy spirit where we want the preeminence. That's why the I labeled this, you know, I wanted to pull that word out because people want to just blast blast that office of a bishop. Be careful. Because we have this every single day. If we think that we have the you know, we can do things the way we want to do it. We're having the diatrophies type of a spirit where we're having thinking that, hey, I have the preeminence. Yeah. I can do things my way. Surrender your will, die to self, die daily. See how John and and Paul are saying essentially the same things, just in different ways, but yet one message is because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> anyways let's finish this up I had I really thought that this would only go 30 minutes and here I am at 50 what can I do I this the word of God is so good I had many things verse number 13 to write but I will not with ink and, and pen write unto thee but I trust I shall shortly see thee and we shall speak face to face now I think John really meant that whether it was in death or in in this life they were going to see each other face to face. So that's why he had that comfort. He could say that. Shortly, I'm going to see you face to face. And I think that's the connotation behind this. That was, that was just free, by the way. I didn't even write that down. But the... Dem- <laughs> Anyways. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends. Salute thee. Greet the friends by name. And that's 3rd John. I really hope that was a help to you. I know I covered a, a, quite a bit. stuff. I mean, I dropped down... Just like verses and stuff like that to go to, but I don't really have any kind of like notes. Notes, it's not alliterated or anything like that. But I just wanted to be a help because so many times we think that. And again, I I make these for me. <laughs> these these hit me square right between the eyes when I read about Third John again. I've read Third John numerous times. I've even studied through it with a local body of believers. I've even taught it several times. And it still hit me right square between the eyes that, well, I think today I was a Diotrephes. On that other day, I was the diotrophies on that one. I don't want to be Diotrophies. I want to have the mind of Christ, follow him, so I can be more like a Demetrius. That goes for all of us, brethren. How's your report among all men? And I'll leave you with that. God bless you. Thank you for joining me. I really pray this with help. Please like, share, subscribe, whatever. Leave comments, ask questions, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I think I got that all out of the way. Anyways, I love you in the Lord. Thank you for joining me on this. Um, if you're watching this all the way through, you have a recommendation for next week. If not, I think I'm going to cover the book of Jude. I don't really have like complete piece on that yet, but um, I think I'm just going to read the uh, the book of Jude real quick. So, if you have any uh, suggestions or things that you've been struggling with, I'm so thankful uh, that the uh, the brother in Christ, uh, brother Jonas, uh, asked me to uh, help with that. And he said some things were, were kind of confusing, and he really, really um, went above and beyond and thanked me. And I, but Lord, but all praise and honor goes to the Lord. Okay, I'm just so thankful, brother Jonas, that was a help to you. So if you're re- you're watching this even all the way to this point, loving the Lord, brother. Anyways, but if you have a question, comment, concern, or anything that you want to kind of study and through, just make sure you hit me up on either the comment section in Facebook or YouTube, or you can always email me. I'll try to get right back to you as soon as I possibly can, okay? God bless you. Let this wine be in you. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo. I'll see you next week, Lord willing. If not, we'll see each other face-to-face, one way or the other. Love you. God bless.